0: Hi and welcome to the Battle College Podcast. This is episode 9, recorded May 1st, 2013. And what you'll be listening to today is actually a little bonus content. We uh, went a little long in our recording with Michael Magnus, so we decided to release this as its own mini-episode. And we're just going to be talking about some expectations for the upcoming Dallas game Nightshade, sort of Um, basically how we're preparing for it and what we're sort of looking forward to. It's uh, our first out-of-town game. So uh, we sort of just uh, ramble on about that for a little bit. So I really hope you enjoy this extra episode. Thanks. And uh, now we're going to talk about some expectations for Nightshade. So Nightshade's for will and i it's our first out of town game and let's just start with some general expectations uh, will why don't you start us off what do you what are you thinking about this game
1: right th- at this point like as far as expectations go
0: yeah just like what do you sort of what <laughs> are you expecting to go down there and do what do you what do you, what do you think i'm it's not be sure
1: like? well i mean it's high fighting so i'm hoping there's going to be a bunch of fighting um it's a night game, which I'm hoping is going to do some cool sort of atmosphere stuff. I'm really interested to see how other chapters do things and what the fighting is like and, um, you know, sort of what the level of fighting is like. I know that's something we talk about here in in Denver Boulder a lot. Um, Yeah. Mostly I'm just, I'm hoping for kind of a hard game. Um, I'm looking for to getting to swing some foam and get told what to do and, and uh, and I'm just looking for an overall sort of different but intense experience. I think that's what I'm, I'm wanting out of it.
0: Magnus, what about you? Uh, for
2: me, uh, I've actually got a lot of personal and character connections to the storyline.
0: Okay. Oh, uh, because we don't, of course. So I'm, I'm real excited that our team has some of that connection. Right. Um,
2: so the, the character I'm bringing in, my seventh or yeah, playing down to sixth level fighter. And Gordon Dexter, the guy who's sending us on this quest, uh, myself and John Jones, Gordon's player, have talked about this story arc and storyline since early 2000s. And uh, so for me, I've, I have a lot of expectation in. I know it's going to be you know a very rich game, in terms of you know, lore and immersion, and we're going to have to think. You know, that, that mental rating is not going to be, you know, a random Rubik's Cube sitting in a field. Okay. <laughs> you know, th- there's going to be thinking about the plot, thinking about what's going on, figuring out things while under duress. Um, you know, I'm expecting a, a, a very intense game, and, you know, I, I'm expecting to be challenged um you know for me being challenged isn't necessarily you know walking out with no spell points and everybody carrying damage but you know feeling like if i had done this poorly or if i had not thought of this boy howdy it would have been bad for us okay
1: right cool um so specifically, we we've heard from some people who you know who have been to Dallas in the last couple of years that Dallas fighters are are much more aggressive and much more close up than Denver Boulder fighters. Is that your experience? Like, what what kind of fighting skill, fighting difficulty do you expect, and how to sort of how does it work across different chapters? Are there different levels?
2: Uh, there's, there certainly is. Um, what I have found is uh, Dallas does tend to be. A lot more, you know, up close, aggressive, uh, you know, almost the you know shotgun attack of uh, I'm gonna throw a whole bunch of attacks here, and something's gonna land. Sure. And uh, you know, obviously, you, know, you can't apply that to to everybody, but as an overall fighting culture, I see that a lot,
0: and. Uh,
2: the times that I have come up and fought in Colorado, I, you know, I have noticed there's a lot more separation. So as the or- um,
0: as the orchestra of the of this team, you know, you're going to be sitting back, hopefully, you know, sort of telling us what to do. Do you would you instruct us to, you know, be aggressive back to them? Do you think that the best uh, way to sort of deal with that is for us to play passively and sort of let them engage and then and then engage them at that level? How would you explain that to us as being new people down there, being some of your front line? What what do you sort of expect out of us? So
2: I'll go ahead and publicly tell you my secret for fighting Dallas. Okay. Hopefully (laughs) the NPCs don't all listen to this in the meantime. (laughs) Hammer and Anvil. Catnip, Catnip, yes. But Hammer and Anvil. Most likely you two as the knights are going to be in the big center of things, and I'm going to want you making noise – I want you being the target. You are the, hey, look at me, I'm calling my damage loudly, I'm being aggressive, but you're sticking together and you're drawing – basically, you go out, aggro the NPCs, draw them in. The thief, and probably myself, are then going to be coming in and flanking –
0: so and I, interesting that you say this. I'm gonna out Will real quick. So so Will are on uh, I on chat while 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 you're talking, and he sends me a tell, and he says, "Oh shit." So um, I, I think we need to tell you about our fighting style at some point before the game and and see how. The- you're runners. <laughs> I I am. Will's not. But but we're both definitely flankers. Um. So it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm fine. I mean, I'm fine with doing whatever you want us to do. But it was just interesting that you said that. And hopefully Will's not mad that I outed him there because I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm all like, oh, yeah, this is totally like not what I expected to do. So it's, it's interesting that you said that. I, I sort of assumed because I, I don't know your fighting style very well. I assumed that you were more of the center of the line, hold the line type person. So I do tend to
2: prefer being the anvil uh but and 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 this 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 may be a little bit of you know fighting meta with meta i also know that i'm going i am going to hold the attention of the npcs whenever i walk on the field okay
1: well so doesn't that mean you should be in the middle because aren't you going to be the one they're looking at
2: i'm going to be distracting them if you're the anvil, you're, you are forcing the attention. They have to pay attention to you. But they're constantly looking over their shoulder at me. I don't have to run around to distract and flank. Sure. Okay. Yo, yo, I, I am a flank. Now, obviously, once we get into it, and especially after it gets dark, that may change up. Sure. Once it gets dark and they can't tell who is who.
1: Oh, right. Then
2: then that may change. Uh, And I'm perfectly willing to swap into an anvil position. Right. Um, When I'm not LMing, I usually am anvil. Okay. Um, The the other reason for being out is when you are in the thick of it, you don't have as much attention to spare for what's going on around.
1: Sure, definitely.
2: You know, know, being one of the flankers, I can disengage, get an assessment and come back in. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, you know, or just not be actively engaged and have a better awareness.
0: So are there some specific people that, you know, we, we know some of the Dallas players that have come to Denver-Boulder, but we don't, definitely don't know all of them, and I know some of them are, are players in this game as well. Are there specific players that we need to look for that, you know, basically have some stick, and you don't have to out who, who's really good or not, but maybe there's one or two people that you're like, yeah, if that person's playing an NPC, and this is a little meta, like, you know, definitely he's going to play the big bad guy. Um... So I think a lot of
2: uh, I'm not sure who all uh, not sure who all's on the other teams. You know, I do know that a few of the big guns are PCing. Uh, but Dallas is large and old enough to have a pretty good scattering of uh, yeah, he's a good fighter. Okay. Um I would say any role John Jones is playing, we don't want to fight if we don't
0: have to. So is he, as a producer, will he, do you think down there, does a the producer usually also NPC?
2: It depends. Usually they do not. But sometimes they will come in to do very key roles. Or if there's a role that particularly suited their interest. Um, I do Doubt that you – yeah, know, I, think, I think John will be busy enough orchestrating the rest of everything that he probably won't okay. come in. Uh, but if he
0: does, we, we need to play it smart. Okay. And then so does Dallas tend to have fights that are a few – just like a few small, powerful people, or do they like to do larger fights, or is it, is it a mix? I know some chapters definitely sort of tend towards one or the other. Uh, They actually do a pretty good job of mixing it up. Okay,
2: Uh, I think that's one of my favorite things about the 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 standard Dallas chapter fighting is that you will see a fairly good mix of uh, you know lots of mooks, the big bad and his lieutenant, you know big bad lieutenant and mooks, you know all intermixed, you know things like that. Okay, you do you do generally see good variety.
1: Okay, and do you notice a lot of fighting? Style differences or fighting skill differences in the different chapters.
2: To a certain extent, you know, like, like we mentioned earlier, the, the aggressiveness differences. Um, sure. and, and you know the physical proximities. Um. I generally I see fighting styles change more by demographic uh, within a chapter than by a chapter itself. Um, so, like when I first moved up to Wisconsin, the chapter itself had a much older demographic. You know, I sure. think most everyone was, you know, 40s or better, you know, and a lot of retirees even.
0: W- what about um, sword and shield versus Florentine versus short sword versus long sword? Do you notice same same sort of thing, or do you notice that, you know, oh, you know, Dallas definitely everyone likes to fight with sword and board, or? Everyone down there likes to fight with Florentine or Pole or.
2: I think I see pretty well the same mix most everywhere.
0: Okay. Yeah, okay. Great. Colorado's pretty much I think is pretty pretty well mixed also.
2: Yeah. You know I think you can get you know some tendencies, but they tend to come and go
0: in fads. Okay. And then here's an interesting question uh, that I didn't really think about until Will mentioned this, but but it's definitely true. It's a physical seven. What do you think that's going to mean? Um, because I, I love high physical games. They're like my favorite type of games. What does that sort of mean in like a Dallas game?
2: Uh, so definitely ropes courses. Okay.
0: Uh, high, high ropes. So there will
2: Yay! be you know, things suspended from trees. And, uh, you know, we may have, you know, quasi-vast expanses where we won't be touching the ground. Okay. And there may or may not be a fight up there.
0: Okay.
2: Uh, but Dallas awesome. does have good... You know, climbing ropes, sets, safety harnesses, things like that. Okay. Um. Uh, balance beamage. Uh, and you know, and, and or you know, jumping type. Man, uh, I brought that monk. That's
0: right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um. Yeah. No. There. There. I do expect there will be a lot of opportunity where, you know, so, some some leaps, some balances, some things like that would you know be a big boon okay because that that physical rating along with the fighting and mental you know i i would not be surprised to have an encounter you know 10 you know 10 feet up off the ground with a you know mental puzzle you have to solve while things are trying to eat you that
1: sounds awesome that's all i've ever asked
0: yeah yeah <laughs> We're, we're, we're going to have a great time. I, I think we're looking forward to it. Oh, uh, one other question. So, you know, we're, we're putting together our magic item lists. Uh, I know that you know. I think I need to get you my final one, and I've been thinking about what I want to pick up in the magic shop. I just, I just got the magic shop linked to me. Um, how do you sort of deal with magic item lists with the characters? Like, what do you, what are you sort of going to do looking over that? Um, do you bring in a certain selection, or, or are you putting port, magic poor? Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. And actually, that that's something that I really need to get on, like, now. Um, so, generally, item selection is the last thing I work with. Once I have, these are my people, these are their characters, you know, then I really look at the item selection. Um, I get everyone to send, send me their item stuff. I put it all in a big Excel sheet because I work with Excel all day long, so it's easy for me. Okay. And... I go in and I categorize everything. And then I sort by that and I just look at, as a team, what are we packing? And uh, I'm looking mainly for the holes. Uh, So like, for Nightshade specifically, I haven't gone over the the, the item list yet, but I know we don't have a ranger, so a key ability we're going to be missing is Okay. I'm going to look at those item lists and if I look out there and I say, hey nobody has a waffet, then I'm going to make sure that, you know, somebody, you know, probably myself, you know, does some cap, buys up some waffets, just some one shot, you know, four or five of them, just for, we may not need it, but that's a hole. Okay.
0: Are there any uh, other key magic items that you, see, that you try and take into like every game that you make sure, like a high, high intensity, high risk game, you know, that you're going to try and pack?
2: Oh, uh, Waffets are way up there uh items of the monk movement abilities like the jump the balance things like that um i also look at total disposable healing and points okay sure uh the the one-shot crystal usage is you know yes we can god's boon yeah god's boon sorry drew a blank there we can god's boon on course but it's still cheaper if we walk in with the crystals, right? And you know, with with the treasure limits, you know, it's you're still better off walking in with the crystals than walking in with the raw gold.
1: Okay, absolutely. And what about group move without tracks?
2: I so <laughs> I don't look for that specifically. You you laugh. I have
0: seen that I do. be important. I tried to put this in a one shot of this into a game as, as, as it was like a high level game. And I'm like, Oh, I'm going to give them a one shot, something that they're never going to, you know, take other, you know, that have otherwise. And it's going to be a unique item. And it was group move without tracks. And Will comes back the next day after looking at game copy. And he's like, so I noticed that you were putting treasure into the game and you put this item in there. What the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. It sounded interesting. So it's been a running joke. Oh, okay. with us But, but you said you've actually seen where it might be useful.
2: Okay, so I've got five or six characters currently active. Four of them have a one shot of it, just in case. There
0: you go, Will. Just in <laughs> case what? Uh,
2: so again, we so I see a lot more of PC, you know, team versus environment uh, deals. Uh, so uh, say the the ECO game that ran. A couple of weekends ago, uh, was a small world course where the world was live, and uh, you know the, the NPCs were scattered out where they need to be. It you know took place in a small valley here on here on my ranch, and uh, at different times, NPCs could possibly be themselves hunting the PCs and the NPCs had a GM with them, you know, hooked into the radio system so that if the NPCs said, hey, I'm tracking the PCs, you you know, there was a ranger encampment. If they had pissed off the ranger encampment, they could wind up getting hunted down later. And so, you know, situations, you know, I guess I'm used to seeing a lot of games where there's multiple outcomes based off of PC choice, right? And even in a line course situation, there can be situations where, and if the PCs leave a trail out of this encounter, then X happens somewhere else.
1: Okay, so just just to be clear here, has it ever actually happened, or are you just coming up with scenarios in which it could be useful?
2: Uh, Yes, I have actually used it. I can't remember the name of the game off the top of my head. Uh, It was a Wisconsin game, and we... uh, the team came in and we snuck into the bandit encampment. And we knew that all the bandits weren't there, but we you know, we mopped up who was there, got the stuff we needed, and then turned to the GM and said, Yep, we're leaving this way using group move without tracks that bypassed a fight later on. A pretty nasty one. There you go, well. Which useful. I understand is Well, no, I just said the word bypass a fight. That's not useful at all.
1: (laughs) Exactly. See, think about how much treasure you missed. And I think
0: that will do it for this bonus episode of the Battle College podcast. Um, Hopefully we'll be back with you soon. Remember, fighters fight.